Viking believes that a journey on the rivers of the world can be an experience designed for the thinking person. Viking, exploring the world in comfort. Learn more at viking.com. Learn how to plan, invest, and live smarter with the Raymond James For What It's Worth podcast. Featuring insights from leading professionals, you'll get the latest in wealth management, market commentary, and engaging research. Listen today at raymondjames.com slash podcast. I'm Jace Lacob, and you're listening to Masterpiece Studio. We arrive at last to the final episode of the final season of Endeavor. As episode three opens, we're greeted once again by the beautiful juxtaposition we've come to expect with this show. A bright sunny day, trees blowing in the wind, a most pleasant backdrop for a most somber funeral. Remember not the sins and offenses of my youth, but according to thy mercy, think thou upon me, O Lord, for thy goodness. Endeavor has been the story of what made Morse, Morse. And with one episode left, there are still many loose threads to tie up, stories to conclude, and of course, cases to solve. We believe the two bodies we've found so far to be those of Josiah Landisman and his former secretary, Brenda Lewis. And no Peter Williams. No, not yet. Another big question hanging in the balance is that of Morrison Joan. With Joan's wedding fast approaching, will these two finally get the chance to be honest about their feelings before it's too late? Or is Morse destined to a lonely, loveless life? You're early. Yeah, for once. You're right. Yeah. Is this the lucky man? Uh, no, this is Mr. Morse. Uh, I'm the best man. Ah. Well, don't worry. The green doesn't turn up. We shan't be calling you to step into the breach. <laughs> Sean Evans joins the podcast to share his thoughts on the series finale and how he prepared his Morse of Endeavor to hand off the baton to the other Morse, his older self of Inspector Morse. We are joined uh, once again this week by Endeavor star, director, and producer, Sean Evans. Welcome. Hey, Jace, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Moore spends this final episode tying up loose ends, finally concluding the mess at Blenheim Vale, uh, while also avoiding his duties as best man at Strange and Joan's wedding. Uh, there's a doggedness to Morse here. There's this sense of a tired, resolute quality to him that really positions him very close to the Morse of the future of Inspector Morse. Uh, What is your take on the final episode, the final endeavor ever? Well, my hope is that it's emotionally very satisfying. Aside and apart from the Blenheim Vale and the case, um, the case of the season, I suppose, and the case of the week, which are connected, I think emotionally, my hope is that we'd be able to tie up all of the elements that that we've been presenting um, over the past couple of years, you know. My take on it is that it's a good ending. It's a satisfying ending, I hope. I find it satisfying, so I hope that the audience do too. I did. Blenheim Vale has hung over Endeavor for the better part of the show's run since that second series, Mm -hmm. resulting in Morse's wrongful imprisonment, Thursday being shot, the deaths of countless people. I mean, is it a victory, perhaps hard won with a huge cost, that Morse finally sees this investigation to its conclusion? I think so, yes. It would have been deeply unsatisfying to have finished our work and never to return to it and to have left 
a loose end. So I think it is satisfying. And that's both for me as a, a maker of it, but also I think for Morse as well, that would have been unsatisfying not to have got to the bottom of that. But I think the most important thing, as I said, is, is the is the emotional tying up. In a way, the detective case is just a Trojan horse, isn't it, to get into the the emotional lives of these characters. You know, it has to be satisfying, of course, but it's the relationships that people leave thinking about rather than the specifics of the case, I would say. Almost like by design. Almost by design. Almost. <laughs> almost by design. Uh, we touched on this when we, we talked at the, the beginning of this series, but what what sort of conversations did you have specifically then with Russell Lewis about mm-hmm. this final series, mm-hmm. about where Morse would end up? That he's sort of isolated and alone, he's loveless but determined. Mm-hmm. What were those conversations with Russell like? Well, very, very interesting, actually, because we've been speaking about it for a long time, um, the build-up to the end. Russ had some very specific ideas about it, which, which hadn't changed and which are really good ideas. It's unusual because the character pre-exists before we come to it, both in book form and in obviously in the TV, and we know where we pick him up there. So in a way, we know where we have to drop him off at the end of our work together. And the question is, how do we get there and how do we get the audience there in a way that they don't expect? That's a surprise to them, if that makes any sense. So it's the how, really, we get there, which was where all the conversations came about. Endeavour breaks its own stylistic and narrative conventions in this final episode. It it offers a, a daydream sequence at the wedding. Don't tell me. Work. I apologize, Miss... You know, I don't think you've ever called me by my name. Have I not? No. Well, that's probably for the best. Well, how's that? Because if I had said it once out loud, and I think I might never have been able to stop. Truth is, I love you. I've loved you from the first moment you opened that door. Oh, I should have told you. It's beautiful and it's heartbreaking, and it gives viewers what they've wanted this entire time before cruelly snatching it away. Uh, what did you make of this sequence? I was a big champion of it. I thought it was really important. I, I can't say why I felt it was important. I just did for the character, but also for myself as an actor. It felt it felt important to not leave this whole story without with leaving these things unsaid. And also my feeling was, it's important for the audience to see it. They've been with us for so long and sort of longing for this moment that I think it's important to deliver it and then also to take it away, you know? And so that's one aspect of it. But in terms of breaking the sort of the stylistic rules, I think that was one of the things that we felt this season, especially we've made this. Now we can break it apart and also we can be bold with it, you know? You establish the rules, so you have license to sort of break. Exactly, yeah. And if you can't do it now, then you, then when, right? You know. I'm curious what it was like then filming that sequence with Sarah Vickers. I mean, that passionate kiss mm-hmm. and then that bittersweet hug as friends, where Morris closes his eyes in heaven for just the briefest of moments before he then calls her Mrs. Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a character who has never called her by her first name. Mm-hmm. There's always been this sort of gulf between them. And then now she's not even Miss Thursday anymore. She's Mrs. Strange. Yes, it's brutal, isn't it? 
it's brutal. Um, <laughs> how was the scene to play? Do you know what? Surprisingly easy, to be honest with you, in, in as much as I think every fibre of his being had been longing for this moment since they first laid eyes on each other. And so it felt, in a way, a very natural and a very easy thing to, to continue that and to extend it to say, you know, to tell exactly how he feels. And also then, I suppose, for, for myself as an actor, the big emotional scenes are the ones where you're really getting underneath the skin of the character in a moment of high stress and tension where they're slightly out of control, I think, are the most, most interesting moments where you push yourself as an actor, but also you, the character is being pushed. And then I think in that, there's something really, potentially something very interesting happens where that lack of control, you invite something else into it. And that's, for me, I think, when it becomes very exciting as an actor, that makes any sense. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it does. I mean, it's, it's interesting to me because this is a show that is all about sort of murder and mobsters and mystery. And this moment is perhaps the most dangerous moment in the show mm-hmm. uh, where Endeavor perhaps lets his guard down, mm-hmm. lets Joan in only to sort of for mm-hmm. us to find out that this wasn't real. He can't act on this moment is, is it's brutal. It's just brutal to watch in a, in a really beautiful way. Uh, and I, I, I really applaud the show for going there because I don't know that most shows would do that, would put their, char- their central character in such a heightened, as you say, sort of emotional state and then yank the rug out. Yeah. Um, so bravo. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks very much. I also think you can, sometimes we can err on the side of taste makes us think, oh, you know, less is more and we don't need to show too much. But for me personally, I didn't want to leave anyone in any doubt as to exactly how we felt about this person. It's all well and good having sidelong glances in the mirror at someone, but it was important for me to leave the audience knowing this is where his heart is, and that cannot be. Before this next question, a brief word from our sponsors. All veranda staterooms. Every day, a new view. Viking, offering a small ship experience on the world's oceans and a shore excursion in every port. Viking, exploring the world in comfort. Learn more at viking.com. Coming up next on Masterpiece on PBS, the premiere of Nolly begins March 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, followed by the premiere of Alice and Jack at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Morris brokers a deal to save Fred, Wynn, and Sam so long as they disappear, uh, likely ruining Sam's dreams of joining the police in the process. Look what happened with Lot and what happened in the yard stays between us. But with this Lot, it's an eye for an eye no matter how long it takes. No, they've never seen you, but they know Sam. If he were to come back, if they should ever see him again, even you couldn't defend him against that mob. He has to disappear. Yeah. And that's on me. We'll move away somewhere. Much further than Carshall. And Joni and Jim. 
They're not connected. They're safe. You'll keep an eye? Always. How important was it to Morse that he engineer a way for Fred to escape? Incredibly important, I think. Um, Because therein is the difference between them. Given the choices that he's presented with when he discovers what Thursday has done and how his life is potentially then in danger moving forward, but also how disappointed I think he is as well with him in what he's done and, and his actions. I just don't think he can bear to see him as well anymore in the future that he's, he is now dead to him as well, you know? So I think it's it's twofold. Yeah, it's messy, isn't it? It's like, it's super messy, that moment in a really good way, in a way that life is, you know? I know it's incredibly heightened, but yeah, it's a sort of puzzling moment in a way. If that makes any sense. <laughs> I mean, it is that final scene between the two of them. And what about Tomahawk? Did he have it coming? I told the bikers that he was a registered informant. Lots of man on the inside. Hopefully that'll buy some time that they won't immediately try to find whoever really killed him. Not Sam, of course, even though that's his button. According to the barman, he was in no fit state to defend himself. But someone else, someone else who knew what he was doing, who had killed before in the army, say, someone who came home that night, unrecognizable as the captain I would have followed into hell. Morse. I know thee not, old man. Morse reveals he knows Fred killed Tomahawk to protect Sam. He gives Fred his money back and mm-hmm. demands his revolver. I mean, it says so much about the relationship between these two men. But what then do you make of the shift between Endeavor to Morse, just Morse? Well, it's huge, right? I mean, I think it's huge. This person who had been something of a father figure to him and also had shown him what a man is and what a man could be, at least that's what Endeavor put on him, whether rightly or wrongly, then completely disappoints him. And I think coming on the back of his disappointment with Joan, it's about an emotional shutdown. Because, I mean, I think what what I found interesting about it way back in the beginning is it's all well and good being embarrassed about your first name and so not wanting people to call you by your Christian name. But there's also something quite distancing about that, isn't there? You know, you're keeping people at arm's length. And I think we were talking earlier about the manners of Miss Thursday or Miss Strange, and it's in, in a way, it's the same with Thursday and he as well. As soon as Thursday reaches out and tries to use his Christian name, it's a way of saying, you don't deserve that anymore. We're done. This is done here. But also it's a pulling up of the drawbridge for everyone in his life from there on in, I think. And so it's a huge, a huge moment. And in a way, you're trying to, or our work was trying to deliver this person from our beginning to this end now, who is emotionally a little more cut off than he would have been, and the reasons why he's more emotionally cut off. I I love the final sequence at Blenheim Palace where Morris drives his black Jaguar out of the gates and crosses both space and time uh, with his older self in his maroon Jag. We see their faces sort of young and old in their car's mirrors. Mm -hmm. And it's a perfect bookend with the pilot episode. How satisfying 
was this as a moment for you that the changing of the guard here? Yeah, incredibly satisfying. Incredibly satisfying. And it's got so many, I have so many feelings about, you know, it's, um, I think from a story point of view, it's, it's satisfying for me, you know, like, is that it? Is is like the last line, you know, is that it? Yeah, this is it. This is the end now. And then you swap over and hand over to someone else. That's incredibly satisfying. But for me, I suppose on a, on a more emotional level, I was, I remember thinking, God, that's gone really fast. <laughs> that's gone <laughs> so fast. I can remember when we did that in the pilot and now almost a decade has passed and here we are swapping over. So I was, I was struck by that, really. <laughs> I mean, most television productions, uh, scenes are shot out of order, but if I'm correct, this was actually the final scene shot on all of Endeavor for you, uh, just you and the Jag. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting, really, because um, we had such a good following wind on this whole season. Of course, we had our challenges and difficulties. Whenever you're making something, it's it's difficult. But um, we have a really good following wind on this. And that scene wasn't supposed to be at the end. Um, about 10 days previous, we were supposed to shoot that. It was a beautiful day. We had Blenheim Palace booked and the car arrived and the car wouldn't start. So we had to stand down that day, put the car into the garage and then do an extra day. Now that really played, I think, into our favour, but certainly into mine because it was a moment to say goodbye to one of my fellow cast members, you know, on a daily basis. And then the final beat of the story was myself driving around alone in the Jag before handing it over. And I can specifically remember, actually, as we were driving up and down, up and down that big, um, long passage, the sun was setting in the distance and I thought, yeah, we've done this now. It was a very satisfying, solitary moment, gentle, but grateful letting go of it, you know. So I have to ask, because you filmed 36 Endeavor feature-length installments. Mm -hmm. This is a, a massively singular work. If I've done my math right, that's sort of 3,240 minutes of <laughs> screen time as this one character. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, a it's a tough question with that huge of a, a production, but mm -hmm. I mean, what went through your head then? What did you do when they said that's a wrap on Endeavor for Sean Evans? I felt i suppose in the car like i said i felt it was the right time um and it felt like a very special moment but it kind of that was difficult isn't it you because you're doing your work and it was a way of saying goodbye to them i thought it was very it's kind of complicated and it's messy i don't fully understand it myself but it felt really right and to be honest it didn't feel sad it just felt like something really incredible was coming to an end and it was the right time that it come to an end. And it's an extraordinary feeling to think that you can do that, be in that position without any regrets and without saying, oh, I wish that we would have done this or I wish that I would have tried harder this day or that day or whatever. I don't feel that way. I feel like that was a really strong piece of work and it's, for the most part, exactly how I intended. And that's an incredible feeling that I feel very grateful for. So, the driving up and down, that's kind of how I felt as as it finished. Um, and then I remember Kate, the director, she came over and said, do you want to do any more because we're about to finish? And I was like, no, I think, I think we're good. So then we got on the car and we had a glass of champagne and that was it. And then we all went our separate ways. <laughs> Funny, strange kind of anti-climax, but kind of, kind of perfect as well. They're all melancholy and 
everything like the show, I guess. You know, melancholic, messy, perfect. Yeah, but grateful yeah. as well. But grateful too. Sean Evans, thank you so very much for over a decade as Endeavor Morse. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. And with that final glance in the mirror across time, we say goodbye to Endeavor and to Morse, both young and old. But don't fret, mystery fans. There are other mysteries to be solved in other university towns across Britain. When the knights of old rode out in their steeds, they upheld ideals of courage, courtesy, and chivalry. Of all the indignities. The steeds may have changed, but the young men before us can still represent those same ideals. Now, some of you held less positive opinions when you first heard their bikes racing through the village. But I ask you to remember another biker who rode in here four years ago, full of bravado and not always enough common sense. And in time, you welcomed me into this community. Season 8 of Grantchester begins Sunday, July 9th on Masterpiece on PBS. Masterpiece Studio is hosted by me, Jay Slaycob, produced by Jack Pombriant, and edited by Robin Bissett. Alishaba Etup is our sound designer. The executive producer for Masterpiece is Suzanne Simpson. Sponsors for Masterpiece on PBS are Viking Cruises, Raymond James, and the Masterpiece Trust.